0: welcome back to another episode of the TV That Changed Me podcast. I'm Beth Watson and today we're talking all about Christmas TV. So the last couple of weeks have been really, let's be honest, really shit for people in the UK. There was a lot of hopes and dreams that this Christmas wouldn't be as lonely or as isolating as the last one but because of a lot of people getting the new Omicron variant, especially in London. There's been a lot of people's plans for Christmas have been messed up. And like, there's been a lot of disappointment and a lot of anxiety. So I just wanted to say, first of all, I've been really, really anxious with all the news and I've already had COVID this month. So I just wanted to let everyone know then you're not alone. But one thing that... Always brings me comfort when I'm feeling anxious. And this is something I've talked about a lot on the show is putting on some comfort TV. And I really hope the next 40 minutes is a nice way to kind of switch off from everything that's happening and just think about some of the best bits of Christmas TV. And I hope that's what we did on today's episode. I spoke to Iora who fans of the show will know does the music for the podcast and who is also, perhaps unbeknownst to our audience, my cousin and someone I often spend Christmases with on a good year when COVID isn't being a little bitch. Even if you're not able to do the Christmas stuff you had planned, hopefully you can still put on one of your favourite Christmas specials and just have a bit of a laugh. And I hope that's what we did in today's episode. Even though in true TV That Changed Me fashion, we still managed to have some criticisms, as always, about the shows we're discussing today. But you know, we always watch TV with a critical lens, even if it's uh, Gavin and Stacey. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it very much and wishing everyone a massively Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a really nice winter break if you're having some time off. And um, yeah, just sending lots of love. Just a quick warning before we start the show, this episode does include discussion of the way homophobic slurs are used in Christmas specials, which is actually surprisingly a lot. So just bear that in mind, and we try to keep it to a minimum, just referencing the things as they're said in the shows. Um, So yeah, just keep that in mind.
1: Hello, I'm Holly uh, Phelps, but I mainly perform under the name Iora, um, in which I produce, sing and play music, and it's really fun. And what else are you... (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm <laughs> I thought you were going to say my other jobs but then I realized you just want me to say that I'm your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what
0: I want. Yes. <laughs> you can talk about your other jobs if you like, but this is the world's most important job is being a
1: cousin. <laughs> no, that's the that's my favorite one. Do you know what came into my head was cosmetic cousins are, well, a cosmetic line made mostly of mud or anything we could find in the kitchen i
0: think it was made of flour and water and basically we decided we were going to launch a makeup line called cosmetic cousins which is a great name and the line was basically just flour and water mixed together
1: Mm, i don't think it had any beneficial impact on your skin (laughs) at all if anything adverse effects but there we are Side
0: effects include like dry, flaky, (laughs) uneven skin. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. So my first question was obviously we are family, so we often have Christmas together, but for the listeners who don't know about our Christmas routine, what's your sort of TV, Christmas TV schedule?
1: Oh, so to be fair, I think it's mainly dictated more when we're together as cousins. So as a family, we'll probably put some kind of either Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run kind of thing, Paddington. These are classics in our household. And then we'll probably just always watch the Christmas specials, which which are on. But we're not very good at like, we don't have a timetable or set thing. One of us might be like, oh, we'll watch this. But then obviously when we get together as a group as and on Christmas Day, which is like, probably about 16 of us isn't there normally yeah that's including like aunts and uncles and stuff and then obviously we all end up watching Jonathan Creek
0: yeah so this is a slightly unique aspect of our family Christmas day is that we'll have Christmas dinner and then we'll watch the Queen's Speech which is not the unique part and then we have dessert and then after that that's when we go and watch Jonathan Creek. And for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> do you want to try and describe what Jonathan Creek is?
1: Oh, wow. So Jonathan Creek. And also what's funny is because we're the youngest, so I don't really remember when Jonathan Creek started because I feel like it's all we've ever known as the younger ones. Oh, I feel like that anyway. Like, I just can't really remember when we're like, let's watch this bizarre. I think I used to find it scary when I was little because it's like, Always like a crime, murder, mystery-esque. I mean, I don't know if it says itself as a comedy, but it's pretty funny. And when was it filmed? Because it's pretty old as well, isn't it? The first episode of, jo- of
0: Jonathan Creek was in May 1997. Yeah, so <laughs> essentially it's a TV show. We started off with Alan Davies as Jonathan Creek solving mysteries, and they were always mysteries that were seemingly impossible, that involved some sort of, like, mystical or magical element. And the reason Alan Davies' character, Jonathan Creek, is is qualified to solve these mysteries is because he is um, a magician, in <laughs> way.
1: Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I forgot that. Is he a magician? No, he's, like, the stage manager for a magician. L- I... Th- oh, does he... I don't know his career path, actually.
0: <laughs> and he's he's joined on his mystery-busting journey by normally a plucky sidekick that is always played by a sort of no-nonsense woman. Is that how we... <laughs> and the first person to, like, take part in this is Carolyn Quentin, who's obviously, like, an incredible British actress and has been in all sorts of different things. Anyway, but she's in the first two series and then she gets taken over uh, by a different sidekick julia Sawala and there's a the episodes when it's alan davies and caroline quentin there's definitely a little bit of a free song between the two and that's something that our family is absolutely obsessed with for some reason and sometime in the mid 90s our cousins Sam Luke Mark decided that every time that they were getting drunk or every time that there was like a family party, that they would put on their box set of Jonathan Creek and watch it in excessive amounts and also play a very special game at the same time. So earlier this week, I asked my brothers and cousins to explain some of the rules of the Jonathan Creek drinking game, which if you have nothing to do over Christmas, I would really recommend that anyone gets on board. With this game because it is a perfect time waster um <laughs> so let's see if we can listen
1: the rules for jonathan creek drinking games were drink at the first sight of creek drink at the first sign of quentin Every time you heard the theme tune in mean just the score of, of the program, just in the background at any moment you had to drink. you had to drink when Carolyn Quentin was eating, <laughs> which was quite a lot of the time. Drink for the moment of realization, like when he works out the mystery. There is exactly one episode of Jonathan Creek where Alan Davis is shown naked and, uh, and that was that was a rule that we ha- we all had to finish drinks at that moment then if you fall asleep they just draw on your face
0: so that this forms a huge part of our family's Christmas routine but there's another show that I feel like always reminds me of your family and that's Vicar of Dibley so for this episode we re-watched the 2004 Christmas special how did you find it
1: oh my gosh I absolutely loved it like I think I'm gonna go and watch all of it again I mean we'll probably do some of that at Christmas anyway but it was like I don't think I realised. Obviously we're watching it with a bit more of an analytical like ear, but it's just constant. Like the wordplay, the silly little like jokes that they set up that aren't even really relevant. And it's it was, yeah, it's just great. I loved it. I was really like you put on your text, cackling. I was cackling to myself a lot. I honestly also I was thinking like we was
0: basically looking for Christmas specials to watch for this episode. And I found this, we found this 2004 one and I was like, 2004, am I even going to know this? And then I watched it and I was like, oh, fuck, I remember, I literally remember some of this comedy, like I had it. I was like, oh my God, the moment where she dives into the chocolate fountain, I was like, one, chocolate fountains had such a moment in the early noughties. Every, especially our family, like someone would always hire out a chocolate fountain for like a 50th or like a 21st birthday. Auntie Jane had a chocolate fountain, didn't she? And I, yeah, watching that moment of Dawn French dive into the chocolate fountain, I'm like, which came first? The chocolate fountain trend or this moment of Vicar o Dibley?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is it is a classic. And then you just know, obviously, the guest after who's going to come in is just, like, classic that it's someone she just really doesn't need to see whilst covered in chocolate.
0: Exactly. Um, Also, I mean, for anyone who hasn't watched Vicar of Dibley, should we try and explain the premise?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So, right, so a female vicar gets appointed in this very small rural town uh, of Dibley, obviously, and it's just basically the lives you watch the lives of these um, characters basically on a very like intimate level. You kind of go on day to day journey with the vicar and all the hilarious random small town characters that she meets or people that are passing by her door or like knock on the vicarage. And it's like I love it because it's like a light hearted thing on religion, and I think she always ends up being respectful, but it is just hilarious.
0: I think it's also just like an amazing something. So basically it's written by Richard Curtis, who also did Four Weddings at a Funeral, Notting Hill, uh, Love Actually. So like literally that man's contribution to like British comedy and Christmas is like literally something else. Because Love Actually and Vicar and Dibley are like the mainstays of Christmas TV for my house. And so I just think something he does really, really well is like take something really typically British like a wedding in the countryside or a woman trying to make it as a vicar in the countryside and just make it kind of so absurd and silly but in kind of like a really light-hearted cozy way
1: definitely and she dawn french is just phenomenal i like she's so funny and she, the character of the vicar is just like so I mean I love I love her as the vicar because she's just so multifaceted and you love her and she's complex she's got flaws but you just feel at home with her like she's going to look after you she's going to take you on the journey of wherever she's going definitely
0: and I also like it's interesting because for the same at the same time as vicar of dubby we also rewatched the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special which we'll talk about in a minute Anyway, so yeah, we also watched Gavin and Stacey, but it's like, sometimes I rewatch Gavin and Stacey and I feel like a tiny bit on edge, just because I'm like, oh, oh, is there going to be some sort of laddy joke between Gavin and Smithy that is like, hasn't aged well? Like, I'm always slightly worried about that. But like, Vicar of Dibley's comedy has aged really, really well. Like, the whole joke in this Christmas special is basically that it's... um, that her and Alice are talking about if all of the men died because it turned out football is poisonous, (laughs) which is just fucking, that whole line is just fucking hilarious. Who would they, and they like had to be gay. And the joke is that they're both like, had to be gay but they're actually both quite into the idea of getting with women (laughs) and they're like if all the men died and we had to get with a woman which horrible woman would we sleep with because we were forced and then they're looking at this picture of this like supermodel and they're like oh yeah get with her and it's just like it's really funny it's like from 2004 but it's almost like a piece of comedy that would be now Like, it's very subtle and clever about their sexuality and about the fact
1: that they're both quite into the idea. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was really good. Yeah, definitely. And there's, I think that's it. Is it, there's so many subtle things that they put in that you're just, and they catch you off guard as well because you're just like going along with the main story and then they'll just be like hilarious little bits. My favourite bit was when Alice said, when they were doing puns, and she said, what, I wrote it down because it absolutely killed me, minge-nificent. And i <laughs> and like, the vicar was doing, like, good ones. And then oh when she said that, and I was just like, oh, my God, amazing.
0: <laughs> also, they're such good friends. Mm. Like, they're so pally with each other. And you can tell that they have, like, the most amazing chemistry. It's so nice.
1: Definitely. And also polar, like, opposites in some ways, but just... They just work so well as a yeah, duo. Yeah,
0: they really do. And I think, like, obviously Dawn French came from French and Saunders. That was obviously her thing. And so it's, like, obvious that she's just got, like, a real way of just, like, riffing off other female comedians and, like, kind of egging each other on in, like, a really kind of silly way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And also my favourite other bit about that whole um, conversation they're having about, oh, if we had to sleep with a woman, um, is they're also like, we've got half the world to choose from and a is, I know, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Also, Eddie Izzard has like only just recently came out as using she, her pronouns. I was like, this was so fucking ahead of its
1: time. I know. And what I love most about it, because it's like, it's not offensive and it, and it does things so well and is so like like lovely towards the topics they're approaching and, and you're able to laugh at them still. Cause I think that's what some comedians just, I just don't like when it's like, I think you're just being offensive and you're not like having any story to it or like bringing it round to why people being prejudiced is so wrong. That's what I love about this is it's like, we can talk about all topics and it we're all right to have a laugh and we're going to do it in a nice way. And everyone's included in the journey.
0: Yeah. And there's this whole thing of like, basically, the vicar's been talking about sleeping with a woman, et cetera, et cetera. And then she gets caught in a pickle and everyone thinks she's gay for a minute. And then she goes to the meeting and everyone's acting weirdly with her because they think she's gay. And then she says, well, actually, you know, gay vicars are some of the best I've Mm -hmm. met and this kind of thing. And it kind of just brings back the sort of like warm, cozy morality of Dawn French being Lush. yeah
1: yeah and there's just a grounding and they do that quite a bit with when when there's loads of comedy and then it'll just come back to like an actual real nice sentiment of like truth and being a good moral human and it's like oh yeah and they just drop it in and it's perfect yeah
0: it's so 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 good it's just lush and um the other thing that i was thinking about when i was watching it is um you know, the other month, there was all of those viral videos about the parish meeting and
1: Jackie Weaver. Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of missed it. But I think, yeah, I vaguely know.
0: So basically, there was this meeting of like a parish council. I don't remember any of the details. So <laughs> sorry to anyone who knows the details and is annoyed at this. But basically, there was some sort of Zoom parish council meeting. And there was a man on there who was like talking over everybody and being shouty and cross. And this woman called Jackie Weaver kicked him out of the parish council meeting after he said, you've got no authority here, Jackie Weaver. And she became an internet sensation. She was on. She basically rode the wave of her popularity. She got to be on like all the TV morning TV channels. I think she's released a fucking book. Like it's it's honestly got out of hand. Jackie Reba's fame and <laughs> success. But the <laughs> the fact that that was just like a snapshot into like a parish council meeting. Like how out of her hand they get, and how weird. Like the people who are like really super involved in like local community projects, and how seriously they Mm. take it in sort of small towns in the UK like that is exactly what Vicar of Dibley does perfectly oh yeah
1: the one that even before we spoke about doing the Vicar of Dibley as the Christmas special but my family always quote and we all we still do it like dad did it the other day with the one where she's got to eat like six Christmas lunches or something ridiculous and So she has, she said yes by accident to everyone for Christmas lunch. So instead of, she, I think she tries to say to each of them, oh, look, I can't come or I'll just have a small portion after failing to say she couldn't come. And she ends up going to each place and having a sitting of, (laughs) of Christmas lunch. And we just love that episode for some reason. It just really like embodies Christmas for us like, You just do silly things. You get to go and you eat too much, you drink too much, you go and see everyone. And by the end of it, you're absolutely knackered. You're so full. And she has like a sprout eating contest that she obviously, as well as eating all these lunches, doesn't back down from because she wants to beat David. So yeah, we just, dad always goes, oh yeah, it's like the Vicky of Dibley. We're going to have a few lunches kind of thing. And it's just so sweet.
0: Yeah. And I was kind of going to say like, it's really nice to see... I don't know, it's maybe an interesting question. It's nice to see a fat woman enjoy food and be eating food mm. and, like, having a really fun time in food. But then I'm also wondering, them am like, do you think that she is kind of, like, uh, like, over-egging the body size
1: type part? Or I don't know. I, I mean, when I was younger, I remember, like obviously I think for all young women and probably young men more so as well now, like weight is such a funny thing. And I, when we were watching TV that there wasn't that many like bigger, especially women on TV. So she was probably one of few, wasn't she? Um, but I think she does it in a positive way. Like thinking, just comparing it to the Gavin and Stacey, like when they're like talking about Nessa being a munter or whatever in that oh wait that's not in the Christmas special but we rewatched the first one and in the first one they're basically saying oh like that she's not attractive but like you say she just enjoys food in the Vicar of Dibley and she loves wine she loves chocolate and I, d- I mean rarely do you see us I think occasionally you see herself like herself down but I think that's just more of a human quality to have that makes you like her more like No one's always going to feel 100%. But she just loves it. I think she does it in a positive way.
0: And I'm, uh, yeah, and it's interesting. I use the word fat because I think like that is a word that's been reclaimed. But I actually don't know if Dawn French would describe herself as fat. I think like it's, I, I think you're really right. And I think I love Gavin and Stacey. And I grew up like with Gavin and Stacey being like the gospel of British comedy. And I do think in recent years, it's one of like the better things that's been released. But it is actually really jarring to see, like there's a moment in the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special from 2008, I think it was. The one we watched is the 2008 Christmas special. And there is a moment in that where it's like, they're all getting out of hand. They've had too much to drink. They're having a slanging match. And like Julia Davis's character... Dawn calls Nessa like a big fat dyke. Yeah, that
1: I found that jarring.
0: I found that really a lot. I was like, okay. I don't know. I just feel like Nessa is such a powerful character. And, like, obviously, Ruth Jones is obviously incredible. But, like, I just... Vicar of Dibley is obviously would never use the word dyke. That's not it. It's vibe. <laughs> but I do, yeah. it's about the church, after all. But I just yeah. think, like... I don't know. I just think, yeah... Dawn French's character I don't see herself putting herself down I don't see it being something that people are really
1: slagging her off for I think it's yeah none of the other characters ever put her down for it I think Alice calls her cuddly maybe a few times but she liked she's like that's what I love about you kind of thing as well
0: yeah and also just there's absolutely no question of the fact that Dawn French would be able to pull the supermodel who she wants to sleep with if all the men have died. Yeah, <laughs> And who's the supermodel? She's called Rachel Hunter, I think, isn't she? Yeah. So Google her or anyone who can't visualise Rachel Hunter, but she's the, she's a New Zealand supermodel who was obviously big in the noughties. She's like sort of, you know, sports illustrated playboy vibes. And she ends up round Dawn French's house after she said that it, if, she had to sleep with a woman, she'd sleep with Rachel Hunter. And there's a vibe between them. Like there's a really good, there's chemistry between. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a great chemistry between Dawn French and Rachel Hunter. And I think there's, and that, well, that's also the joke about Nessa, isn't it? That she can get with anyone. But I just think that there's no, I don't know. I I feel like Nessa is like often treated as like a bit of a, an ugly character, but nobody would ever consider the vicar of Dibley
1: to be ugly. one with which was I found really jarring as well. With in that moment where it all kind of falls apart really quickly in Gavin and Stacey is like, I, is that the first time Dawn's actually met Nessa? And like how quickly those characters are to jump on each other and literally take them on face value, and that I found really, I didn't like that at all either because it was like they immediately went into these horrible people and just were like, actually, no, you're not welcome here. And just saying horrible things to them, even though they don't even know them that well. So that was really, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. And it was like, just again, probably playing on some stereotypes of that's what people in Essex might say to people in Wales. And you're like, it's not okay. Those aren't okay things to say to anyone.
0: Yeah. And I think like, it's rewatching that Gavin and Stacey episode, Which I have watched a million times. Like, I actually didn't need to rewatch it because I was like, I've seen this every Christmas since 2008, I think. But rewatching it now, I was like, actually, rewatching it in comparison to the Vicar of Dibley episode. There's a moment where James Corden calls Matt Horn gay in a derogatory way. He's like, oh, you're so gay, mate, because he said, because Gavin, who's played by Matthew Horn, says, I love you, or like, you're a good mate, or some generic pleasantry and James Corden's uh, character Smithy is like you're gay cool great love that and then obviously later on in the episode Nasser is called a dyke and you're like okay whatever you want to do that's the time that it was in but we've got an episode four years earlier of the Vicar of Dibley which is actually treating sexuality in like a really nice way um and I was just I completely chose we kind of almost completely chose these episodes by random but it was just really interesting to me that they were both dealing with sexuality as like a taboo thing but both in like horrible like sorry one in a horrible way and one in like an incredibly funny and
1: sensitive way like I say just at random but was really interesting to see that and it's one thing I think that potentially that's where Gavin and Stacey could fall down on is it's like you can still embody these like really character like caricature characters or like stereotypes but you don't have to take all the horrible bits like you can still be laddie just by even you know making Ugh, jeering and being like that you don't actually have to take it any deeper than that and you'd still get across to the audience like that you're that laddie type do you see know what i mean
0: i don't know if you have watched the governor Stacey one that was came out in 2019 that's the christmas special that came out like two years ago and that one, um, so Gavin and Stacy are married with kids and they uh, basically haven't had sex in ages and they're like trying to rekindle their love life. Meanwhile, like Neil the Baby is like 12 years old, that kind of, that kind of thing. <laughs> and they still call him Neil the Baby. I want to watch it. <laughs> it's really good. It is really good. But there's a moment in that where they sing Fairy Tale of New York and they still say the words like, faggot really loudly and everyone jeers and that kind of got a bit of bad press of um why did they have to include that word you know like it's a really offensive word and I remember at the time being like oh well you know it's part of the song like I didn't really think of it as being disrespectful but then watching those two Christmas specials back to back so I watched the 20 the 2008 one and then the 2018 or 19 one and I was like well actually you guys have a history of kind of like writing slurs into your show so now I actually don't like now I actually am taking umbrage with you using the word in the more recent version the thing that I always find so interesting
1: about when any tv does that any tv show does that is it's like everything is so considered it's not like day-to-day life where you're just having a conversation and It's kind of, you're just muddling through. It's like someone has written this script and it's every word has kind of been crafted and yet that's still in there. And it's like that, that's what pulls up red flags for me because it's like, it's a knowing, like that you're a conscious decision to include that.
0: It's really interesting because I always thought that I would go to my grave defending Gavin and Stacey as like the best TV show in the entire world. But rewatching it this week I've
1: been like nah well actually maybe not. Hmm. yeah. I mean I do love it and I lo- what I love about Nessa's character as well is that she she obviously she doesn't care at all about <laughs> what anyone thinks of her. Like not not bothered. And she's got so many like you hear little things of her like backstory where she's I think in that Christmas special she's like the wrestling champion or like little bits that you just hear about her multifaceted backstory. And I, I really do like that about her that, you know, she, she'll she always keep you guessing there. So you like, you couldn't predict her
0: no idea yeah. and I absolutely love that her backstory of like sleeping with John Prescott and like all these like random like who's who of like early noughties men yeah <laughs> I absolutely love that stuff and like the thing that Gavin and Stacey does incredibly well and this isn't just the Christmas special this is in general is that it just it is really good at making like the mundane and the everyday hilarious mm. um just things like you know you've got the dad obsessing over the turkey like yeah. there's always like like that's a bit of a your dad thing to be like about the ham or like oh my mom as well like the bathing the turkey that is such like anyone the night before yeah
1: he's yeah.
0: obsessing over whatever's gonna be the centerpiece
1: yeah and um, then when anyone eats it it'll be like so this has been stewing in cider for 24 hours and then has been rolled in honey like do you know what I mean it's always everyone knows then how it's cooked it's never like you can't take the first mouthful without getting the backstory of the ham or something yeah
0: and especially because I think especially where we're from where the country's at people will buy like the most like fancy turkey from the farm shop and you will be hearing about the cost, the weight, the quality of the turkey. Yeah, the life of the turkey pre-dinner. <laughs> For about six weeks. And then, and I absolutely thought I thought that's really realistic and really, really funny. I love um Alison Steadman, who plays Pam, just plays <laughs> like just plays like a middle class mum. Like from Essex or even from like anywhere in the country like just so well like so yeah. unbelievably well the bit
1: with the um that was so relatable as well was when she was wrapping the present <laughs> and he, wa- he walks through the door and she's like don't look don't look and it's so funny because it's just hilarious because we've all done it and you're and it's just like the overreaction of someone walking in a room even though it's covered even though it's in a box so it's not even like clear what it is but just like oh christmas is ruined if you see it so funny she is yeah she's does it very well and i mean i'm not a massive fan of the um when obviously when she again kind of jumps into that stereotypical mother-in-law well you took him you got your claws in um but she does play the character very well that bit i was like oh a bit predictable but enjoyed most like she's a great character
0: yeah, I don't like the sort of rivalry between her and Stacy. Like that is a little bit, that's a little bit upsetting because there is always a thing of like your son's boyfriend or whatever. If not your son's boyfriend, could be your son's boyfriend. Your son's boyfriend or your son's girlfriend yeah. is taking them away from you. Like that's kind of like a bit of a laid out stereotype.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'm not a fan of that one either. Is Stacy? I can't remember, but is Stacy like just? Stacy engaged in that like rivalry or is it just Pam? I think it's just Pam being yeah, like super, and Stacy's not aware of it.
0: I think Stacy's just like happy as Larry going along in life, just being Stacy. Yeah. I absolutely love Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> She's so 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 good.
1: Yeah, and sim- probably similar to not as to the same extreme, but like the Alice Alice Tinker character, like just heart of gold a bit and just like a bit of a space in another planet but she just lives her own life and loves it yeah exactly the bit I had no idea what was going on where or when they allude to the nephew and uncle Bryn on the fishing trip I honestly had no idea really what they were even alluding to
0: so this is the
1: this is like the
0: continual mystery of gavin and stacy and they bring this up in the 2019 christmas special as well basically it's that the whole joke is that uncle brin again it's a gay joke so uncle brin is closeted gay and he's always trying to like get a kiss off one of the boys or he invites all of gavin's Stace, gavin's friends to come and stay over his house in another yeah. episode um and basically they're alluding to the fact that like uncle brin and jason wants like got it on a fishing trip, as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, well, that's the conclusion I drew, but then it did seem just so far-fetched that I was like, have I got this right? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a bit dark and weird. (laughs) Like, it's like a, it's an incest story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is, and why can't it, like, can't Bryn just be, like a happy gay man out, do you know what I mean, rather than having this weird mystery with his nephew
0: and like James Corden is not really I don't know, people are a bit done with him and his American popularity he seems to be all over the place now
1: yeah, I don't
0: really keep up with his whereabouts to be honest I think that's completely understandable (laughs) I'm not like, oh, Wednesday afternoon, what's James Gordon up to? He normally has tennis around this time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, so he was in Cats, that film that completely flopped, and he's got his own late night show, and he was in some sort of Ryan Murphy film called Prom, where he played a gay guy and everyone basically was like, you shouldn't be playing gay men because you don't know anything. Yeah, what is it with him? Maybe he thinks he knows more about it than he does.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, um, hopefully he'll be educated one day. <laughs>
0: hopefully,
1: hopefully, hopefully. And I feel like I was trying to think about like what the Vicar of Dibley. W- why the Vicar of Dibley is so nice. and I, It does actually, it's just like a hug for me. Like, I think it takes me back to being younger where, you know, simpler times and just knowing that I'm probably at home if I'm watching it and it just, and feeling safe on that like weird little adventure that you're going to go on around Dibley or, it's bizarre, but beautiful.
0: Was there anything else we wanted to talk about with any of our Christmas specials?
1: Christmas specials. Oh, actually, no, there was. And this isn't actually just about Christmas specials. It's the Vicar of Dibley with the joke at the end with Alice and the Vicar at the end of every episode. So this little um, feature within every episode is something that, like, we always looked forward to. And it just gives you a little insight into their friendship as well. Like, you get to go into... I mean, I don't know what the back room of a church is called, but into their little vicarage room. Cloisters? No.
0: (laughs) What are the back rooms in a church called? The sacristy? I don't know. I would have never guessed that. I would have called it like the the chambers or something. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: chambers? Yeah, Yeah, so they're sat in the chambers. It's just really nice because you get a little insight away from everyone else. They often have a brew and you just feel part of their, like they've obviously been having a natter about whatever and they always tell a joke and it's just so well done and often they're terrible but the way that the characters either tell them or either like receive them is just so good and it just shows you their friendship really which I think was so nice to have such a strong like, female friendship to see on screen that was just so heartwarming.
0: Yeah, and it's so good that the vicar has an ally as well (laughs) because she's with all of those weird, weird men for so much of the episode. I feel like Alice is, like, a bomb to to that whole scenario.
1: Yeah, definitely. And she just eases that. You get some time away from, like you say, all of the bizarre male characters in it. And you just get those two and it's really like just open and ridiculous. Their friendship is hilarious to just watch and kind of feel a part of. Like you do feel a bit like you're in their little group.
0: Exactly. It's so sweet. It's so, so sweet. Before we go, should we talk about more Christmas things that aren't TV? Yes. Favourite Christmas dessert?
1: Oh my God. I think it is actually Christmas pudding now that I'm a grown up
0: what okay what's yours oh my god anything that's not christmas pudding whatever else is on the table <laughs> chocolate or anything what the uh, the thing that's not the christmas pudding which is a bit mean <laughs> favorite thing in a christmas dinner
1: oh i think it's stuffing oh, a stuffing
0: stuffing yeah I think for me it's either stuffing or roast potatoes
1: do you remember that one year when your mum forgot the stuffing and nobody said anything (laughs) I don't think I even noticed there was no stuffing I don't think I did but then I think my parents did and they were like we didn't feel like we could say and then your mum was like oh it's in the oven and like I think she found it either later on or the next day like I don't know why they didn't just say is is there any stuffing Val but anyway silly (laughs)
0: That's like the most typically British thing ever, it's like you notice there's no stuffing. But I mean, they could have actually, if she had decided to not do stuffing and then said, Where's the stuffing? it could have been a faux pas, so it would have, yeah. But I think she did find it like maybe at like 4 pm. Or p.m. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Favorite Christmas drink?
1: Mm, I mulled wine, I'm gonna do mulled do wine, not
0: a Prosecco, not a Christmas. Oh, I
1: do love a Prosecco, and uh, yeah. Bucks, fizz. Can I have both?
0: (laughs) You can have whatever you like. (laughs) And final question, when is a good time to put your Christmas tree up?
1: Ooh, I'd say the end of November. The end of November? Yeah, I'd say so. Because otherwise, well, we do it here because we obviously go back to various houses. But it's quite nice to have it in your own little house. I like to put up some decorations, but not go crazy. But also you only get it for like half a month otherwise or a bit of a month if you put it up kind of early December, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. My I mean, my family put it up on like the twenty fourth
1: of December. (laughs) Yeah, that's so not ideal.
0: Honestly, some somebody arrest these people. They're absolutely (laughs) chaotic.
1: (laughs) Now I just really want it to be Christmas. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting home and having a bit of a break and Hopefully. I mean, getting some blue crisp, like Christmassy days would be beautiful.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you very much for having me. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to to everybody. Merry
1: Christmas to everybody.
0: Is there anywhere that you want to direct people to find you and find your work?
1: So yeah, check me out on Spotify if you want to listen to any of my music um, or on Instagram. I love a a DM and hearing about what people are up to. So um, just get in touch. And I've got the Twitters and the Facebooks. So whichever is your preferred way of social media. Um, But yeah, get in touch. And what are your handles on Instagram and stuff? They are iora, which is I-O-R-A, Music. Um, and that's on all of them, basically. So, yeah, check out Iora Music.
0: Thank you very much, Iora Music. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Love you. And that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at TVChangeMe or on Twitter at TV Change Me Pod. If you liked the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And if you're interested, you have a TV story to tell, please get in touch. We're always looking for new people to come on and talk about it. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to have a bajillion Twitter followers. You just have to have a story about television and like a good chin leg. Anyway, I think that's everything. Bye.